My friend, I am such a big believer that your mindset is everything. It can really dictate if your life has meaning, has value, and you feel fulfilled, or if you feel exhausted, drained, and like you're never going to be enough. Your mindset is everything. And our brand new book, The Greatness Mindset, just hit the New York Times bestseller back-to-back weeks. And I'm so excited to hear from so many of you who have bought the book, who've read it, and have finished it already, and are getting incredible results from the lessons in the book. If you haven't got a copy yet, you'll learn how to build a plan for greatness through powerful exercises and toolkits designed to propel your life forward. This is the book I wish I had when I was 20, struggling, trying to figure out life 10 years ago, at 30, trying to figure out transitions in my life, and a book I'm glad I have today for myself. Make sure to get a copy at lewishouse.com slash 2023mindset to get your copy today. Again, lewishouse.com slash 2023mindset to get a copy today. Also, the book is on Audible now, so you can get it on audiobook as well over there also but it's not about winning. It's not actually about the goal. And so when we beat ourselves up because we miss an arbitrary number by an arbitrary date, and even if you hit the goal, the problem is... Welcome to the School of Greatness. My name is Lewis Howes, a former pro athlete turned lifestyle entrepreneur. And each week we bring you an inspiring person or message to help you discover how to unlock your inner greatness. Thanks for spending some time with me today. Now let the class begin. Take your business further with the smart and flexible American Express Business Gold Card. It's packed with benefits to help unlock more value from your business purchases. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash businessgoldcard. Welcome to this special masterclass. We brought some of the top experts in the world to help you unlock the power of your life through this specific theme today. It's going to be powerful, so let's go ahead and dive in. I believe uh, self-doubt is one of the biggest killers to anyone's dreams. Yeah. So how does someone develop self-confidence and sustain it with the ever-going changes and stresses and uncertainties that always come up? Yeah. Once you reach a certain level, there's a new uncertainty. Yeah. So I think it's ironic that we call it self-confidence because I don't, for one, think it comes from the inside. I think our self-confidence comes from the outside, right? You mean that's the wrong way of going about it or you think that's where it comes from in general? We are being misdirected by the name. When we say build your self-confidence, that's the instruction is saying go inside, look inside oneself. Mm -hmm. But I think that's, I think that's, I think that's a false direction. Children aren't born self-confident. Their confidence is built from their parents Mm. and their friends and their teachers, where they're rewarded when they do well and they're um, pushed when they fail, when they can do better. Simply, you know, we know this, that simply telling kids that they're great all the time actually doesn't build Mm self-confidence, actually does the the total opposite, right? right? Um, And I, for one, I can tell you, my in my own experience, my own self-confidence a hundred percent comes from the relationships that I have. Um, it's not some deep internal fortitude, you know. A, a world-famous trapeze artist is not going to f- uh, uh, try a brand new death-defying act for the first time without a net. So 
it's the people in my life. Um, it's it's when when I do doubt myself mm. that somebody says, "You got this." When somebody says, "I believe in you." When somebody says, "No matter what happens, whether it succeeds or fails, I'm going to be by your side." Oh, that's that's when I have the confidence to do difficult things. Wow! Right? I don't have some natural battery that I that that just. <laughs> right. You know, that that to me is bravado. Yeah. I don't know that's self-confidence. You know, you know, being a huge risk taker is not an indication of self-confidence to me. You know, jumping out of a plane and jumping out of a plane with a parachute are two different things. Right? Right. right. Um um to me self-confidence is measured and there should be a degree of 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 doubt. Um but but I I think true self-confidence belief in oneself and belief in one's cause you know i could not do the things that i'm doing and i would not have the strength um to have made the sacrifices that i've made or continue mm-hmm. to wake up on a daily basis to drive to spread this message um if i were alone mm-hmm. and so when we talk about building one's self confidence i think the mistake that we make is that we look inside i think the reality is when we're trying to build our self confidence we should be looking to our friends we should be nursing our relationships mm. when i'm looking to build my self confidence the question is who around me do i need to take care of mm. you know the w- the way we build our self confidence is by helping somebody else build theirs right it's an act of we will build our confidence with an act of service so i i'll tell you a true a true story so i did an experiment i love doing experiments in my own life yeah, me too. you know i have mad I thoughts it. and i'm like well let's try let's try let's try this one out so i have a very dear friend who has stuck with me through thick and thin who she is absolutely profoundly one of the reasons that i am who i am today right and i have my confidence in large part because of her wow, okay. right she's one of a, a small group of people who i i look at and say mhm yep yep good friend right yeah. she was struggling mm. like seriously struggling Oh, let me take a step back. Um so uh we decided that we were going to uh um she look, she was she was struggling. She goes through she was going through some hard hard things in her life. Career wasn't going the way she wanted. Her personal relationship mm-hmm. was struggling. There was a there was a lot of rough. She was lacking confidence. There was a lot of rough. Yeah. She was lacking confidence. Yeah. And um we would get together on a regular basis and I would attempt to coach her. Uh-huh. You know? And she'd feel great for the hour after she left me, and then it would very quickly go back to normal. Right. And we'd get back together and I would coach her, and she felt great for the hour after she left me, and then it would go back to normal. And I wouldn't I can't say that there was some profound change being made in her life. Mm-hmm. So I had her brain idea. I went to her and I said, "I need your help." I said, "I'm struggling. I don't have a coach that I that I love and trust. Mm. You've known me for years. I trust you with, you know, with everything. Um I feel unbelievably safe around you. I can you put together a program and can you coach me? I think you're good at it. And I it wasn't reciprocal. It was an I'll coach you, you coach me. I said mm-hmm. it's just I want I I need your help because right. I'm struggling. It was legit. It wasn't like I was just making stuff yeah, up. You were stressed. It, it was it was legit. <laughs> I need I could do with the help and I yeah. and I trusted her to help me. And something profound started to happen. Over the course of just a few weeks, it wasn't even for a few months, but over the course of a few weeks, she started to gain way more confidence. Mm. Her career started to really move in a more positive direction. Her relationship firmed up. Um and the more that she was in service to to me, the more that she grew herself. Wow. So I think self-confidence. I I wish we didn't call it self-confidence. Mhm. 
because like I said, I think it gives a false direction. Uh, the way we build confidence um, uh, is with. You know, con means with, doesn't it? Mm, uh, interesting. Uh, so I, I have no idea the, the, ed- the etymology of confidence. That's interesting. Just making stuff up here. <laughs> yeah. uh, uh, but con means with. The, the, I mean, to confide. Let's mm. look this up because fidelity, f- yeah. you know, f- is, is something to do with truth. So, so confide, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, look it up with the etymology of, con- look up the etymology of confidence. You know, it's, it's to, to confide is, is to, is two people, like a conspiracy is a, is a co-whisper. That's what conspiracy is, a co-whisper. So confidence is, it's co-fidelity. Right. What is so? I, let's on. see. Let's see if the instinct is is matched uh, by the etymology of the word, and which if it isn't, uh, I'm still okay with it. Yeah. You, you look, what do you give me? What, what does it say? Uh, so it comes from uh, late Middle English. Confident translations, origins, and meaning. Here we go. On late etymology dictionaries. Gotta love it. Uh, <laughs> um, where does the word come from? It's about trust or reliance. Mm-hmm. But what's the actual etymology of the word? Yeah, I'm not going to sit here and waste everybody's yeah, we time. Can look at but it <laughs> comes from uh, cum fidre. Uh, and fidre means to trust. Mm. To trust yourself or trust so, other people. So or... cum, what does cum mean? Uh, uh, it means with. <laughs> it means with trust. Wow. It could be with trust with yourself. I think it's been, mis- I, that's my point. I think it's been, mm. I think it's like a conspiracy required... A conspiracy ah. requires two people. You cannot have a conspiracy with one person. Mm. It, it's a co-whispering. Mm. You know, you commit the crime of conspiracy when you tell someone something, mm. and and you're both in on it. Right. So I think confi- confidelity, con, uh, confidence is the same thing. I think it's I think it's at least two people who undertake the task of 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 trust and reliance. So she was coaching you, and you saw a change with over a few weeks of her her confidence, confidence built and her. Her, her belief in herself. Her belief in herself grew when she was in service to helping me. Yeah. Uh, to helping me, and so and so, the, goes back to the root of the question: How do you build your self confidence, mm-hmm. or how do you overcome self doubt? How do you ha- overcome self doubt? Help someone else overcome self doubt. I love that. I love that. You overcome self doubt by helping, like, and it's not a selfish thing. I'm only helping you so I can. Mm-hmm. You have to genuinely love and commit to the person, this person that you're helping. You have to genuinely care about their success and their confidence and and and, and their lot in life. Yeah. So uh, it's yeah. so true. Everything comes back to service. It's and, and like I said, it goes back to the origins of humankind, right? Which is which is we are naturally tribal animals, and we are we are we actually are at our best when we are in service to each other in a cause greater than ourselves. And the more we focus on what we're lacking, what we don't have, what's not working for us, the challenges we're going through, the more doubt we're going to have. Correct. When we're inwardly focused on what we don't have. Oh, I wish we'd had this conversation about. Eight months ago, because I would have written half the stuff in this book. Because, the, because well, I'm writing a book on because, self-doubt because, right now. Well, because this is because <laughs> this is this is what the infinite mindset is all about. Mm-hmm. A finite mindset is win-win-win. Be number one. Be the best. Me, me, me. Right? Win-win-win, meaning win at all costs, not win-win. Correct. Not win dash win. Win win. It's win comma win comma win. Because the infinite game is you win, I win, the world wins. Mm-hmm. Right? We mm-hmm. all win. Humanity wins. Right. It's a whirlwind. That's funny. It's not. It's not win win. Right. So so right. So 
um, we are um, we are players in infinite games every day of our lives, whether we like it or not. Mm. Um, <clears throat> there's no such thing as uh, being number one in marriage. Like, good luck with that. Right. You know? yeah, that's not going to work. Um, uh, there's no there's no one who's declared the winner of life. Um, and there's no such thing as winning business or winning global politics. But if we listen to too many leaders, they talk about being number one, being the best, and beating their competition. Yeah, this no, was this was me in my entire life. Yeah, it's a lot Until of people. Like six, seven years well, ago, you, when I learned well, that you, that doesn't work. Anymore. And you're an Olympian. Well, I haven't made the Olympics, but I'm on the Olympic handball team. Yes, on the national team. Okay, whatever. Yeah, you're, yeah. You're, you're at the highest <laughs> yes, levels yes. of of athletics. Yes, and you know this from spending time with athletes, yeah. which is individual athletes. I know it's all about right. Where winning. team athletes mm. tend to be a lot healthier. Yeah. So, like individual athletes, when they reach the top of their game, Michael Phelps, Andre Agassi, mm-hmm. they become the greatest in the world. The next thing that happens to them is depression. Yep. Right. Yep. Where as team athletes, you win the World Series, you win the Super Bowl. It doesn't like deep depression is yeah. not the next thing that happens. Some because, people maybe, but not in but general. But yeah, not yeah. in general. And the the you know Olympic athletes are such a unique. And I talked to a bunch of yeah. them for this Especially book. The gymnasts who are like sixteen, you have a billion people watching you. You win the gold medal. Yeah. Now what? And it is one of the most selfish finite pursuits yes. because the entire pursuit is I'm going to be number one. The and gold they, medal. Right. And they all say the same thing: I want to win the Olympics. Yeah. Well, you don't actually win the Olympics. You win Your one event. event. Yeah. You know, but they all say the same thing: I'm going to win the Olympics. Mm-hmm. Right, and and then they say nonsense like, you know, no one inspire all the little children. <laughs> you know, right, right. Not a single one of them on their vision boards has pictures of little children overcoming adversity. <laughs> you know, they have pictures of them standing on podiums, holding, you know, holding medals, holding up yeah. trophies, or the vision boards. It's entirely a selfish pursuit, yes. right? And any inspiration to little kids is just a lucky strike extra that's really good for the press conference, right? Right. right? But not a single one of them is waking up doing it for the kids. Right. I drag myself out of bed, I'm running in the rain, I miss Thanksgiving for the kids. Didn't happen, never, on any right, planet, right? right? It was for me, right? Right, and so there's this, you know, whether they whether they medal or not, when they when they're done, even if they were medalists, yeah. when they're done with the Olympics and their ability to pursue, they spent their entire lives from their childhood to adulthood mm-hmm. striving to be number one, you know. And let's be honest, they're not the best; they're just better than everybody else that day. That day, which is really funny to me, right? Which is, you can get a gold medal. In pick and pick a sport, ice skating, right. and you fell in your routine. But if everybody else fell twice, you're the best. You're the best. Yeah. <laughs> you're the winner. But you're not. You're just better than everybody else in the competition because it's finite. Yeah. And finite has known players, fixed rules, and agreed upon objectives. It's only the players. But it's not life. And there's an imbalance. Yes, finite games are very important. Yeah. Finite games and finite objectives are essential in an infinite game. Right, but there, but the infinite game is the context yeah. for those finite games. I need to excel or or be the best here, in order to X, right, and recognize that this is not the end all be all. The analogy for living with an infinite mindset is not about winning, right? The better analogy mm. is is exercise, right? Um, so how do you how do you how do you be a healthy person? Well, you have to eat well, you have to sleep. Get enough sleep. You have to nurse your personal relationships, and you have to exercise. If you do some of those things, you'll be healthier than doing none of those things. Right. But you kind of have to do them all, mm-hmm. right? Living an infinite mindset is the same thing. There's a series of practices. Do some, you'll be better than none. 
but you kind of have to do them all, right? right? <clears throat> and the way the finite mindset uh, uh, fits into it is, I want to get into shape. I've been sitting on the couch for most of my life watching TV. I'm going to get into shape, and I have a fitness goal, a finite goal that I can easily measure. My weight. I can look on a scale and I can measure the progress. Mm-hmm. And I've made the goal that I'm going to lose this amount of weight by this date. And so I commit to a healthy lifestyle. I eat better. I exercise more. I'm getting more sleep, and I'm watching the weight fall off. And I miss my goal. I don't lose the amount of weight that I wanted to lose by the that date. Time, yeah. <clears throat> so what? <laughs> yeah. You're still healthier, and you're on your pro- on your you're on the road to being healthier. And I can see for a fact that you absolutely will hit the goal later on. And even if you hit the goal, the problem is you can't stop exercising.、Mm-hmm. You have to do it for the rest of your life. Yeah, that's what an infinite mindset is. An infinite mindset is more like a lifestyle, which is yes, absolutely. Having finite goals is very important. We are absolutely driven by goals. We like measuring things. It is much easier. To get into the lifestyle of exercise and the habit of it, if I have metrics, look at the insanity of of Fitbits and yeah, things like that, which is overdone、yeah. is actually unhealthy and has yeah, adverse obsessiveness. But、yeah. we'll talk. You know, it's not a, the, the subject. The but the、book. point is, it's helping people get up and have a healthier lifestyle. We like measuring stuff. Yeah, it's just it's a human thing, right? But but it's not about winning. It's not about actually. It's not actually about the goal. The goal goals and and metrics. Are simply a way to help us measure speed and distance. I've lost this amount of weight over this amount of time, right?、Uh, you cannot run a marathon without mile markers. It's unnerving.、Mm-hmm. The mile markers <laughs> help me measure how far how I've far gone, going,、yeah. how far I've gone, and how fast have I gone.、Yeah. And the metrics we have at work <clears throat> help us measure how far we're moving and how fast we're moving towards a vision that is, for all practical purposes, unrealizable.、Mm-hmm. Right? That's the infinite game. There's a context. And so, when we beat ourselves up because we miss an arbitrary number by an arbitrary date, but the question is, are we building a healthy organization?、Mm-hmm. And I would rather organizations do all the right things to build a healthy organization, even if they miss arbitrary dates. One of my favorite stories is Gary Ridge from WD40. WD40 is a public company, huge company. It's a decent-sized company, which is kind of incredible because it's basically it's just one, oil. Basically, it's one just oil. It's like basically one grease. <laughs> it's you know, it's very sophisticated lubricant that、yeah. was actually made for the for the space program. But by the way, we talked about you know fancy food and their offices for they just moved into a new office recently. Their old offices were a dump, really, and yet the morale through the roof. Why is that? People love work because it was never about the office. It was、oh, about the people.、Wow. It's never about the office. It was about the people. Right. Anyway, they have a lovely new office now, but it's still about the people. That's why I said before, it's you know, is it the food? Well, it depends on the on the company. Anyway, he was on one of his uh, uh, quarterly analyst calls, and hit, one of the analysts said,、uh, "You missed your numbers." And Gary said, "No, I didn't. I missed yours. Mine are mine are fine." Wow. Right. And that's the point, which is we. There's nothing wrong with having metrics and goals. Those are very important to human beings. But to what end? What are we serving? One of my favorite parts about my job is that I get the opportunity to travel a lot. And in fact, I'm recording this right now while I'm in Mexico. And actually, I was thinking about something that I wanted to share because I get a lot of questions from so many people about different side hustle ideas. So here's one for those of you out there that are on the go a lot, like I am, or traveling a lot. When you're staying in your Airbnb on your trips, have you ever thought about how you could be making extra money by hosting through Airbnb while your home is vacant? If you're interested in an extra stream of income, Airbnb hosting is an easy 
place to start, and it's like giving your home some company while you're away. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Bigger than ourselves, right? So my analogy is like, a, an, is like an iceberg, right? So um, we know that the majority of an iceberg lies underneath the water. So when there's a tiny, tiny, tiny bit of the iceberg sitting above the ocean, right? It's the visionary who can see beneath the ocean. Mm. It's the visionary who, set, who stands there. And, and even though no, everybody sees a tiny or nothing, they can see nothing. The visionary is able to explain what exists mm. in their imagination only. Okay? It only exists in their imagination. Oh, yeah. and, and they inspire a few people to join them because like, that's, yes, we can do that. And they start working and a little bit of the iceberg shows. And a few people go, oh, it's going to work. And so they commit to joining the movement or the company and a little more of the iceberg shows. Right? And before too long, enough of the iceberg shows that people can go, this is a real thing. You're not insane and crazy. What right. you're doing is actually in reality. Right. But the thing is, the vast majority of the iceberg still exists under the ocean. And so what the visionary does is constantly remind us where we're going and how much more we have to do. And though we can celebrate how much we've achieved, how much of the iceberg is sticking up above the ocean, the reality is we have way more work and when I die, it's, it's still going to be the majority underneath the right. ocean. What is the difference between a habit and a behavior and which one should we be focusing on more in order to get to where we want to be? Changing our behaviors or changing our habits? A habit is a subset of behavior. It's a pretty narrow subset, actually, if you look at the at the like true scientific definition. So Wendy Wood of University of Southern California is the I think the world's expert on habit. And she would define it pretty rigidly as something you basically do automatically without almost you know, consciously realizing you're doing it, right? Like you sort of make the coffee in the morning with the coffee maker, you hit the buttons, you, you don't even teeth, remember. You're just like you shampoo showering. your hair, yeah. right? And you're like, did I do the shampoo already? Yeah, yeah. I was thinking about something else. You drove to work and you don't know how you got there. You're like, what? Because yeah. well, you're on autopilot, right? So that that's like, those are the really rote activities. Like you hand sanitize if you're working in a hospital right. and you didn't even notice you did it. Did I do that already? Those are habits. I think um, there's been a lot of excitement and growth of uh, like, in the, in the popular press, the idea that a habit is anything that you, you want to repeat. Mm -hmm. And I think that would actually, a lot of the things that we think of and that we talk about casually as habits are probably more in the category of routines, which is different. Like often it's a, like if you're going to the gym, is it really a habit? You probably remember deciding to go to the gym. Maybe you do it at a consistent time. Maybe you do it a lot, but I would start calling a lot of these things more like routines really? if you okay. want to talk about the non-academic. At any rate, sure, sure. Um, you know, the, the, a little bit like inside baseball, who cares? At the, but I do good. think yeah. it's interesting there's distinction in the processes that drive one versus the other. Uh, I mostly, I study behavior, which is like a super category. It's even above routines or habits where, um, where and it's just all behavior change requires different behaviors to happen. Some of them are going to be on autopilot. Some of them are going to be routine. And some of them are one-time decisions that have big implications for your life. So I actually think having all of those categories mm. in mind when we think about change is really important as opposed to narrowly focusing so, on one or the other. So what is the definition of a behavior? Oh, that's an interesting question. Like, what is a behavior? <laughs> um, a behavior is an action you take uh, 
like really everything is behavior. If it's inside your head, it's not a behavior, then it's like a judgment. But any any actual action you take is a behavior. Any action you take. So what is what are the most common behaviors that we have that I guess hold us back? And then what are the behaviors that Okay, I thought you were gonna go with most common. I was like breathing. No, the most common <laughs> behaviors that, that hold us back. Yeah. And then the most common behaviors of the ultra high performers, successful, you know, in business and sports, what are those behaviors that they tend to, to lean into? So Versus funny. the ones where people are stuck. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I'm trying to ask you questions you've never been asked here. That's they're great. No, they're, they're great. They're really great questions. Um, okay. Let me start with some of the most common behaviors that keep us stuck. That keep or, us stuck. Yes. Yeah, I think common behaviors where we get stuck are, uh, and this is like you know, what are the most common New Year's resolutions? They're to oh, change right. those I mean, behaviors yeah, that course. we get stuck on. So the most common things we get stuck on are things related to our health, right? We mm. aren't making good decisions about what we eat, what we drink, whether we smoke, um, whether we're physically active. Those are really common um, points where we get stuck. Uh, our finances, right? Making good financial decisions on a daily basis about how we spend our money, how we save, um, who we give our money to. Those are places people often mm -hmm. get stuck. We can get stuck in bad social loops. We sort of started by talking about relationships. So I think that's another place we get stuck, whether it's we're you know, not, we're, we feel like we're too shy, we're not meeting yes. enough people, we're meeting the wrong people, we're uh, in the wrong relationships, that's another area where we get stuck. I think education and career are sort of, I'd put them, because they're like one follows the other, and that that's another category. Like if you're a student, you're trying to achieve, but we often get stuck on not really studying rigorously and, and you know putting the time in and the focus in, and then that converts to work um, mm -hmm. where we're not being as productive as we could be. We're not setting ourselves up for success. Ultra performers or the elite who are accomplishing all their goals and pursuing their dreams, what are those behaviors that they do really well? So this, I have, ne I have never gone and interviewed the ultra performers mm -hmm. and said like, list for me all right. your behavior. So instead of answering your question perfectly, what I'm gonna sure. do is tell you some of the behaviors that research shows lead to yes. great outcomes yes. and then certainly i have seen lots of top performers where i go oh they're totally doing, doing yeah, that yeah. Uh, it's great uh so i think one of the most important things is um like leaning on structure as opposed to expecting to just sort of follow the nike just do it mantra and by the way, when you talked about how you're training for your marathon, I noticed you immediately went to all the structures. Schedule, are, structure, accountability, coaching, investing t like money into it all so there's more investment in it. So it's like you've got to show up. Yes. That is like for me, it's so, it's so ingrained in me that if you want to accomplish your goals, you've got to schedule these things you've got to do on a daily basis and make it like – Break it down. The what's the daily yeah. goal? What's the daily When are thing? you going to do it? What's going to cue you I'll to do it? When? Who's going to watch you everything, do it? Everything. All what's, that what's detail. What's at stake for you? What's it, you know, at stake for other people? What's the higher purpose that if you don't do this, who are you going to be hurting? And who is literally holding you accountable, Absolutely. right? You've got your coach involved. So those are the kinds of things yeah, So that structure is one of the leading academic, uh, the research that shows which will help you get more results. Yes, and there's so many pieces of that. And like each one of them we could unpack and talk Please about studies from, you know, okay, a big one is too often people say, I just have this big goal, yes. you know, this big, I think if I set a big audacious goal, and that, by the way, that's good. It's good to set stretch goals, but then you got to break it down like into mm -hmm. the, you know, what's what are you going to do this 
week? What are you going to do today? Um, what are those component parts? And people get a lot further. Uh, research by Albin Jura, um, the late Albin Jura of Stanford, great thinker, sort of did some of the pioneering work on this. We just did a field experiment uh, where we tested with thousands of people who wanted to be volunteering 200 hours a year, and they had committed to that goal. And we found that just sending them reminders not to volunteer 200 hours a year, but to volunteer four hours a week mm. led to vastly better performance. Just that really simple change, even in the way you communicate about this, when you invite someone to start saving $5 a day instead of $150 a month, you get vastly higher take up. Interesting. It's identical. So just little framing shifts where you think about, let's break this down into the bite-sized component. Now it's harder to procrastinate on it. You can see how it's doable. It doesn't wow. feel overwhelming. So you're saying, if my goal is to save $105 a, or invest $105 a month or whatever this is, are you saying it's not the best approach to say, I'm gonna invest $105 a month, but I'm gonna do $5 a day? Yeah, so 100, I, I, I can't remember what this is. Yeah, yeah, it's 150 because yeah. it's like 30 days yes. roughly in a month. Anyway. $150, as opposed to saying, I'm gonna save or invest $150 a month, trick your brain into saying, I'm gonna invest $5 a day. Right. You're saying by doing that, what should happen? We should have many more people raise their it. hand and say, "I can do this." As opposed, one hundred fifty dollars is too big for some people. It sounds big. You start thinking, like, "Oh no, where am I going to have to cut?" Like, yes. I, that's a bit. Like, I'm not going to get to go out to dinner three times that I thought I was going to get to go out. To, am I going to make my rent? So you're like focusing on that big category, one hundred fifty dollars. And this was an experiment that was done, um, wow. led by Hal Hirschfeld at UCLA with a with a savings app. Acorns, mm -hmm. and they just invited people. Either some people get randomly assigned, "Do you want to save five dollars a day or one hundred fifty dollars a month?" It's literally the identical outcome. They will take one hundred fifty dollars out of your account monthly. Monthly, yeah. But, <laughs> so they saying, framed it differently, and you get vastly wow, higher take. Really? Something like five times more people. No are interested. way. It just feels doable. Yes. And I mean, it's like anyone can find five dollars on their couch or like car, like the change. It's like oh, I can do this every day, but one hundred fifty bucks may be like a big stretch. Right, but it is the same thing, and so that wow. broken down goal is really important. So as opposed, so it's like if you're working out, as opposed to saying I'm going to run, I don't know, fifty miles a week. It's like that may seem like a lot, but I can run. What is that broken down to? Three miles, four, four, four miles, miles a day, a day. Five, four miles a day, five miles a day. It's more doable than thinking about the big number, right? Yeah, that's interesting. How could you apply that in another area of life? Do you think, in terms of like fitness, in terms of finances, and what about like relationships? I don't know. Is there? I think you can break down most big goals into its component parts. It might not be as simple as mm -hmm. like literally redoing the math. Yes. But it, it might be, um, you know, I want to have a, a better relationship and I want us to spend more quality time yes. together. Let's try to spend a lot more quality time together this year. Well, first you can get more concrete, right, than <laughs> a lot of. And so say you had a monthly goal, it might be like, okay, I want to make sure that we go on, you know, um, five just us dates a month to have that alone time. And you might say that means, you know, every Friday plus one Saturday we're going to do it. Mm -hmm. And that means, you know, once a week plus one time, one week that has two times. And we're going to, let's go map out when they are. It all becomes more bite-sized yes. and achievable. And this is, again, you said you're like mapping out your schedules. These are the, the component parts that actually add up to achieving your Yeah, and I, and I would think of like, okay, what am I going to do this week? What am I going to schedule this week? Not like I've got all this stuff to do for the next three months. Like, what can I do for the next few days? And right. what's coming tomorrow? And then, okay, I see the full week and how am I gonna manage my time? 
And at the end of the week, wow, I can look at what I created and I can be proud of it and build for the next week. Yeah. So and, that's really important. Yeah. And time's going to keep passing. And in three months, you're going to look back and say, oh, look at all the steps I took to get to me where I'm at. Absolutely. Winning the LA Marathon. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> just compl- be, completing is the goal. Completing in five hours is my goal. Um, um, okay. So that's so breaking leading down on structure. Structure. Let me, let me add another super important strategy yes, that I think a please. lot of high performers use that research supports. And this one I think is vastly underappreciated too. And it, it sort of relates to what I was, I was um, poking at earlier, like the just do it Nike, uh-huh. like, no, that's not really right. I think this is really a misconception that's related to that. And this, um, the idea comes from research by Ayelet Fishbach of the University of Chicago and Caitlin Woolley of Cornell. And what they showed is that if you ask people when they have a big goal, what approach are they going to take to try to get to it? Most people say, like, I'm going to look for the most efficient route. It's all about efficiency. What's the most effective path to that end goal? That's how I go for it. And like a small fraction of people say something different. They say, I try to find a way that I'll enjoy getting to that end destination. Have fun. Have fun. So... So you could think about someone who wants to, we've been on marathons, say you're training for a marathon, you know, somebody who's like, I'm going to just go to the gym and get on the, <laughs> on the treadmill and grind it's it out. It's hard every day. Yeah. yeah. And another person is like, I'm going to go on a run with a running group. We're going to go through, you know, the most, on the most beautiful trails that I know. We're going to do it together. Um, maybe I'm even going to download some great reading material, listening mm-hmm. material before I go sure. so that I have something fun in my ears. Those are really different paths, right? Like this one might be more efficient because you don't have to coordinate with other people. You'll do it every day. You're going to like know exactly your mileage. It's going to be really controlled. Yes. But it turns out if you don't enjoy it, you don't persist. Ah. And so they've done experiments uh, where they show that if you just actually encourage people to choose the most fun way to pursue an exercise goal or study, uh, they did this with with students in math class, you know, giving them fun activities that were sort of going on in the background. You can use markers and play music and have snacks versus just grind it out. People achieve more because they persist longer when they find ways to make it fun to do. That's crazy. What's good for them. What's the greatest lesson you learned in the last uh, year of working these two jobs? As you transition out of this job, what was the greatest lesson of overworking what it sounds like you were doing. Um, That success does not equal happiness. I remember when, I think it was three years ago, I had signed my highest draft pick ever. I had won like woman of the year, you know, had a number one overall pick in softball. All these amazing things happening, made more money than I've ever made. And I remember looking back, I had made a birthday post actually, like, oh, here's all the great things I did this year. I remember being like, man, this is the least happy I've ever been. And so I think I learned really quickly that success and happiness, I mean, people try to conflate those terms are very different. You can be successful and not be happy. And so for me, the milestones don't make me happy. I'm very much a journey girl, mm. right? The journey, it's all about, I want to get there, I want to get there. When I finally hit the goal, it's real anticlimactic for me. Mm-hmm. It's almost depressing. It's like, okay, I did it, now what? So right. it was really a wake-up call. And what I'm trying to do is learn how to, be present in the moment when I hit the goal, be okay with like, okay, I hit the goal, let's celebrate it. Like instead of it going, kind of being like, well, what's next? Like taking a moment to really take it in. Celebrating the success and the accomplishment of the years of hard work is so important. It is, but for me, it's always like, okay, well, what's the next goal? Mm. What's the next step? And that's unhealthy. 
Right. You know, you need to be able to be okay with celebrating what you've done and taking a moment to live in that moment right. before going to the next. Yeah, I think success doesn't equal happiness, but also, I think also you can still be happy and successful at you the same can, time. You can, exactly. But yeah. it doesn't, you know, it's, it's different and people think once I hit success, then I will be happy. You've got to find happiness separately. Before you become successful, yeah. be happy, and success yeah. will add to it. It's more fun. Exactly. It's really joy, right? Happiness yeah. is about what's happening. Joy is eternal. How much joy do you feel on a daily basis? Um, it's something I'm working on. Mm-hmm. It's something I'm working on. You know, I, I, you know, I feel it. But I, my mom, I watch her. She doesn't have much. She never had much, but she's always just so joyful, right? She's have two pennies to rub together. But there's mm, no one I've met really who just is happier to be alive than her. And so, you know, I look at her and I'm like, she doesn't have anything and I have everything in her mind. Interesting. And our, our outlooks on life are just so different, you know? And so, yeah, I mean, I'm, it's something I'm working on. It's not like, I'm not happy all day. Right. You know? What's the greatest lesson your mom's taught you? I mean, she instilled my, in my, in my faith, you know? Mm. I'm really blessed to have learned about Jesus from my mom. You know, she gave me nothing else except, you know, how to worship Jesus and how to be a giver. <laughs> so the two things, but I feel like they were the most important gifts of my life. That's cool. Yeah. What about a greatest lesson from your dad? Um, hmm, that's a tough one. He's an immigrant, you know, he came over here with nothing and, you know, had to hustle. He definitely taught me you have to survive. Mm. You know, you gotta, no matter what the circumstances are, he kind of taught me to survive. You know, I knew how to survive as a kid. I think now that I'm older, I'm trying to go from surviving to thriving. Mm-hmm. You know, stop living mm-hmm. in a survival mode because right. I can do that. I can do that well. Learned how to do that. Yeah. So it's like, okay, now how about thriving? Yeah. And like you said, living in abundance and being okay with spending your money and enjoying the moment. An influencer no, or a content a creator, you were like working at a law firm and, <laughs> and then, you know, like representing other personal brands, essentially, yeah. other athletes and yeah. influencers. So how do you learn to build your own personal brand and why is it important for every individual to build their personal brand, whether in a corporation or not. Actually, I have a whole chapter on this in my book about building a brand. I believe every professional is a brand, lawyers, Mm -hmm. doctors, et cetera. I think we always look at entrepreneurs and influencers as the people that have brands. Once I learned that we're all brands, it really changed my career. You know, I decided to build a brand because I wanted to get athletes to come to me. Uh, I didn't have time to recruit like other agents because I had another job. And so I had to get creative and I thought, okay, if I have a brand where I'm a household name, where when somebody thinks of a sports agent, I'm the first name or one of the first names that comes to mind, then I've done it right. How'd you do that? Man, it starts with picking out your pillars of your brand, Mm -hmm. right? I think every brand has a few pillars and everything you do falls under those pillars. Like for me, it's it's sports and it's women empowerment and mentorship. Mm -hmm. And so when I'm posting on my social media or on my website, Anything that is on that page is under one of my pillars. Yeah. And so finding what that brand kind of parameters are and then being consistent with it. Mm-hmm. You know, your followers and your fans, they sign up for something, giving right. them what they signed up for. Mm. When did you start really going all in on kind of content and building a brand online? I would say it's been about three or four years okay. when I first started. You know, it was a slow start, but I just, I remember making a decision like, I'm going to be the first agent everyone thinks of. I'm, wow. going to, I'm going to make a decision. Like it was very intentional. I'm about to build a brand as a sports agent, and it has not been done. And I think most people probably know of Jerry Maguire, the fictitious agent, mm-hmm. maybe one or two agents, but you can't name a sports agent just right. naturally. Right. And so I made the decision. I said, you know what? When people think of that, they're going to think of me. That's cool. But everyone should feel that way. If you're a baker, you right. want people to think of you first if they need a cake. 
And do you think of like, okay, there's, I don't know, 20,000 sports agents. I'm just, make, I'm just making <laughs> yeah. up. How many are there? I don't know. 900 NFL agents. Oh, 900 yeah. yeah. Okay, I'm way off. But there's <laughs> a thousand, let's say, agents. How do you, do you think of like, I'm going to lean into my uniqueness? Like, yeah. use the differences or the uniqueness and the mm-hmm. talents that I have and not try to be like the other agents, but just go all in obnoxiously on who I am? Is that what you think of? 100%. Living so you in stand my out. Yeah. living in my authentic self every single day. Yeah. I decided to show up exactly of who I am every day. You know, and I think I wouldn't be on this podcast. I wouldn't have a book if I didn't mm-hmm. make that decision day one that I was gonna be me. Right. You know, I got a lot of advice a lot of advice early on to blend in and I was like, you know what? I'm not taking that advice. I'm gonna be who I am. Yeah. I um there's a quote from a woman named Sally Hogshead who says, Different is better than better. Mm. and being different is better than better because you're going to be unique you're going to be stand out you're going to be a one of a kind and you may not be better than the best sports agent at this moment but you're different and that's better for you than being better i agree and i think if if people can approach that and say what makes me unique and how can i lean into that more and more like for me i'm a big salsa dancer and i wasn't posting salsa stuff until recently and it's getting the most engagement and comments and people are like, wow. post more of this. Yep. Um, you know, playing guitar with my brother who's an amazing jazz violinist and they're like, post more of this. It's like, these are unique things for me that I haven't always shared and I'm trying mm-hmm. to lean into it more and more and I think that's You are the advice. secret sauce. Exactly. No one else can do the talents that you have, the exactly. experience you have, the life you grew mm-hmm. up from, the, mm-hmm. the lessons, the whatever. Even if you give them the recipe. If I give you my spaghetti recipe, the exact instructions, your okay. sauce is still going to taste different. Different. I'm the secret <laughs> sauce. You're the secret exactly. sauce. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And people are going to be attracted to you. I love this. Um, what's a question you wish more people would ask you that they don't ask? Oh, man, that's a good question. What do I wish they asked me but that they don't ask? Um, how are you? How are you feeling? Mm. How are you feeling? I'm feeling pretty good. I'm feeling okay. I'm a little tired. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I get yeah. a lot of questions about how to get in the business and like yeah. when I meet people, how to be a sports agent. And I think people forget like, hey, I'm a human. And mm-hmm. you know, more of the like checking in, like, how are you doing? Like, where, you know, yeah. you, how's your mental health? How's your physical health? How's, how's Nicole Lynn doing? Mm. Not agent Nicole Lynn. How's Nicole Lynn yeah, doing? Personal Nicole Lynn, yeah. Yeah, so I think people kind of forget about that. That's what I'm going to do over the next 30 days. I'm Every day, how are you? Once a week, no, once a week. <laughs> once a week, I'm going to check in with you. <laughs> I'm gonna, we're going to create a list. Oh my gosh. We'll send it to you. August 1st. August 1st. Yeah, we'll give it to <laughs> August 1st, the start of the month. Got to have the August one. You can't start it. Yeah, time. exactly. And um, we'll do that August 1st. I'm going to text you. I can do it. Every week. I'm going to have you text me on the weekends when you've completed the week. Okay. I'm and to. I'm going to check in on you for four weeks. And see I'm going to be like can. an NFL training camp. And I'm going to be working out in the hotel. Work out with the guys. You know, it's just like I'll Clearly. jump in there. Exactly. Kill them. Yeah. <laughs> I love this. Um, you've got this book we've been talking about called Agent You, Show Up, Do the Work, and Succeed in Your Own Terms. People can get it online. They can go to bookstores. Where's a place they can connect with you personally? And where's the website for more about you? AgentNicoleLynn.com or AgentNicoleLynn on Twitter, Instagram. Where do you hang out more, Twitter, Instagram, or both? Um, I'd say both. You know, Twitter, it's heavy, heavy sports. So if mm-hmm. you like sports, Instagram, you'll get mostly sports, but, you know, mentorship. I like to post kind of this the blueprint of how I am a sports agent. That's cool. You know, if yeah. you ever want to get into sports, I, I put all the tips on my page. That's cool. Yeah, it's fun. And uh, I see 
my guy Emmanuel and Sarah are both on the back praising yes. for you, both both friends of mine, so it's inspiring to see. Gabrielle Union wrote the forward. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, yeah. Where's her name on it? here? I know, she's a good... You gotta put her name on the front, I you know, know. what I'm saying? <laughs> forward by Gabrielle Union. Yeah. You gotta, you gotta leverage that, that's good, yeah. good marketing. Um, this is a question I ask everyone at the end of our interview, it's called The Three Truths okay. Question. So I'd like you to imagine a hypothetical scenario. Okay. It's your last day on earth many years away from now. It's really sad. It is. It's the most depressing No, you've of my lived, life. you've lived as long as you want to live. Okay, 200 years. <laughs> Perfect. You lived, you lived 200. Clearly. And then it's your last day. Okay. Eventually, you got to call it quits, right? Okay. On this, this life. Uh, and you've accomplished all your dreams. You've lived the life that you want to live. You do self-care every day. You're helping wow. athletes. You're doing all these, whatever your dream life is, you actually create it. Okay. From here until whenever you pass. But for whatever reason, you've got to take all of your materials with you or it's got to go somewhere else. So your book, your content, the things you've said, no one has access to this anymore. It goes to the next place, somewhere else. Mm. But you get a piece of paper and a pen and you get to write down three things you know to be true, three lessons. And this is all we would have to be reminded of you from your all of your work and all of your material are these three lessons that you would share with the world. Wow that they would have to use in whatever they wanted to use. What would you say are those three truths for you? God is real. Mm -hmm. The second truth is that finding your purpose is the most important mission of your life. And mm -hmm. the third, marry the right person. <laughs> marry the right person. Man, why does that seem to be so hard for so many people? It's tough. People are always like, how are you so successful? What's the number one thing you can tell me to do? Marry the right person. I couldn't do what I do if I had married someone else. It would be draining. Yeah, it's a support system. You're a yeah. team, it's, you know, it's, it's a partnership. Mm -hmm. And that partnership is critical to your success. That's a whole nother book. <laughs> right, right. How long so, have you been married for? Nine years. How did you know that it was the right person? Man, I just knew. Isn't that crazy? I just knew. I was one of those, I mean, we dated for like 10 months and then we're married. Wow. I'm one of those stories. It's like, we dated and like six weeks in, it's like, I guess you're probably my husband. I think you are, you know? And just here we are. People thought we were nuts. We're going now on our 10th year. Wow. So I was like, I think it worked out. <laughs> What's been the, the key to knowing it's yeah. a great fit or it's aligned? And then the key to also sustaining it and making sure it stays that way yeah. after well, the, 10 years. The sustaining is that love is not enough. Gosh, I've been saying that so much lately. Love not is not enough. at all. And you have to make a decision every day to stay married. Wow. Marriage is very hard. People don't talk about that. People like to make it look like it's all roses right. and it's hard. It's a, you show up every day, it's like going to work every single day and choosing to love someone. Wow. You know, it's an action. But yeah, love is not enough. You know, companion, compatibility, chemistry. I mean, there's so many different factors here that that are important. Mm -hmm. And I wish I could say it's just all about love, and it's not. It's BS. You guys had all that other stuff, though. You had the um, You know, some of it grew over time. Right. We're very different. Some mm -hmm. of it grew over time. Some, some of it was we're very different in these things, and we've got to learn how to live with these differences because no one's changing. Right. You accept each other. Yeah. If you don't accept each other, yeah. it's going to be miserable. So you Agreed. accept it or leave, right? Yeah. It's like, and so we made the choice, okay, we're going to stay. So what? as we make that choice every day, what does that look like? What does it mean when you wake up every day to make the choice to fight for your marriage? Right. You're fighting for your marriage even when the marriage is great. Right. Every day you wake up, you're fighting for your marriage. Love's not enough. It was not enough. I've been saying that. That's, that's a good sign. Um, I want to acknowledge you, Nicole, for... 
for a moment for your your gifts, for everything you've done to overcome from Thank you. I mean, getting food at eight and nine that's helped you and your brother to forging a driver's license to just doing whatever it takes yeah. to survive and to thrive and to be an example for other people. I acknowledge you for uh, making the, the big risk, taking the risk to leave something that you've been comfortable with for a long time, which is probably not hard to leave, yeah. and to go all in on something that you're really passionate about. Yeah. And I acknowledge you, even though maybe you wanted to do it sooner, you did it at the right time for you. Yeah. And uh, I acknowledge you for not beating yourself up. Yeah. I think a lot of us beat ourselves up for things we didn't do, yeah. we should have done. And you're just like, you know, it's the right timing, it, it, ha- it needed to happen this way. Mm. I acknowledge you for allowing me to uh, try to bring out of you the things <laughs> that might be uh, lacking, yeah. that could support you, that could take you to the next level. Because that's part of my mission is to help serve people get to their next level. So. I acknowledge you for saying you're committed to this, and I'm going to check in on you. Please do. So, uh, and um, yeah, everything you're up to, I'm really excited about it. And it's thank been, you. It's been great to meet you, yes. I'm so happy to be here. Yeah. Thank you for having me on your of show. Of course, of course. My final question is, what's your definition of greatness? Oh, man. Definition of greatness. Man, wow. I could just write an essay on what does it mean to be great? You know, when I think about greatness, I think about not whether you have what it takes. I believe almost everybody has what it takes. I think people don't think that. I think everybody has what it takes, but it's will you do what it takes? And that's the difference. A lot of people listening, you have what it takes, but will you do what it takes to be great? Greatness is doing whatever it takes to get there. I hope you enjoyed today's episode and it inspired you on your journey towards greatness. Make sure to check out the show notes in the description for a full rundown of today's episode with all the important links. And if you want weekly exclusive bonus episodes with me personally, as well as ad-free listening, then make sure to subscribe to our Greatness Plus channel exclusively on Apple Podcasts. Share this with a friend on social media and leave us a review on Apple Podcasts as well. Let me know what you enjoyed about this episode episode in that review. I really love hearing feedback from you and it helps us figure out how we can support and serve you moving forward. And I want to remind you if no one has told you lately that you are loved, you are worthy, and you matter. And now it's time to go out there and do something great.